Hi everyone, it's Emma and I'm back. <laughs> I'm so excited to be recording another episode of the podcast and I look forward to creating much more and really just jumping right back into this goal of creating this community of women where we can share our stories, talk openly about the good, the bad, the ugly, and really just be there for each other and embrace these changes that are happening. The first couple of episodes, if you listen to them or if you listen to them when I actually put them out the first time, it was back in 2020 during COVID. And I've had dreams and goals for this community since I want to say the first time I even thought of this idea was probably back in like 2016. And some of you have been hearing me talk about it since then. It's crazy to think that then my oldest daughter was four and my youngest was two. And to think that this week my oldest started middle school. So (laughs) I have really been overthinking the hell out of this, obviously. And a lot of it is my own issues of trying to be a perfectionist and just thinking about the right way to launch this. And to be honest, One of the big things was me trying to make this a podcast, but also make it in a video format. And then I just had an epiphany recently because I was going to this seminar for podcasters and I don't even like to be on camera for work. Why would I force myself to do this for the podcast? It's just going to delay the process. It's going to stop me from recording in the moment. It's going to stop me from sharing. And also, it's probably going to stop a lot of people from coming in and sharing their stories because they also probably don't want to be on camera. It takes a lot more. It's already enough to share your story, but it takes a lot more to do it with a camera in front of your face. So I think I'm going to start it like this, and then wherever this evolves, it evolves. Anywho, a lot has happened in the last three years, and one of those things that I've really been diving into is how I've been dealing with feeling overwhelmed and stressed. And my job has been really taxing on me. There's been a lot of big things that are happening at work. And I'm responsible for some of those big initiatives. My kids are getting older. I moved into a new house. They started new schools. There's just been a lot of change. And there's also been a lot of tasks and a lot of overwhelming things that have happened in my life. And maybe uh, I wasn't handling those so well. And I'm starting to learn that about myself. And so I just wanted to take this first episode back to talk about some of that. I've done a lot of research. I've been working on myself a ton. And I've been looking around and researching things that are resonating with me and helping me understand myself a little bit more, helping me understand how I can, you know, work on those things that I obviously realize weren't working well for me in the first place. One of the big things is being overwhelmed in general. And I think that there is this word that's been associated with me anyway for a long time, and that word is lazy. And I think in the beginning of my life, that word was kind of funny to me because I was like, I embraced it and I was like, sure, I don't care. And then I started to learn more now in my adulthood that being lazy or that term, you know, that societal term that people quote unquote say is lazy, that is a trauma response. And I'm starting to learn that about myself, which is insane because 
now it's a little bit of a trigger. I'm starting to see patterns of when people have told me that in the past and how that made me feel then versus how it's affected me now in life and how high achieving I feel like I have to be in certain areas. And then when I'm not, I just completely shut down. And so one of the things that I recently learned about a lot about was a symptom called executive dysfunction. And so if any of you are feeling overwhelmed recently or have in the past, or maybe you might in the future and you'll need to come back to this episode, I want you to know that you're not alone and there really is a symptom. One of the things that's really helped me is naming it and then realizing that what I'm going through is not some excuse that I'm trying to put out there, which a lot of people will say to you from society, right? Oh, you're just putting a name to it so you can make an excuse for it. Or sometimes you'll do that to yourself. And honestly, there are symptoms and they're real. And once you start to hear these things, and that's what happened to me, once I started to actually realize that these are true symptoms and they have been diagnosed and it's a reality, I was like, oh, wow, I am not just being quote unquote lazy, or I'm not just overwhelmed and shutting down. That's a trauma response to something that is being caused by something. And then I could start to really work on it. I could start to, what I did was really start to journal what things, when it was happening, how it was triggering me, what really got me to that point so that I could start to slowly climb out of it. And when I say overwhelmed and shut down, what that means for me, that has been as, as, low and shut down as not even getting out of bed. That is brushing my teeth is the only task that I've completed. That is not washing my hair. And when I do, it feels like a daunting task. That's what I mean by overwhelm. That's the space that I have lived in recently over the last year. And so when I started to learn about executive dysfunction, I realized like I am not alone. That is a real thing that happens to people. And I'm just going to give a little bit of information of what I uh, researched and learned, but you can definitely look it up on your own. Just Google executive dysfunction, or I'm going to put a link to one of the articles that I really liked in the show notes here. And you can always look at that as well as your starting point if you're feeling like maybe this is something that you're going through. So executive dysfunction is a co-occurring symptom. So it could be attributed to ADHD, a learning disability, or a mood disorder just to name a few. Um, It reduces a person's ability to complete tasks and things just like, for example, managing finances, handling medications, housekeeping. I know when I got into my low, what would happen to me is I would stop doing any of my tasks and I would do the bare minimum to get myself across the finish line. Because as a single mom, it's not like I could completely shut down. I still had to be there for my children. I had to feed them you know, I had to work. I mean, I have my livelihood, right? But on the moments where I knew I could just not and shut down, I did. And then what happens is those other additional tasks that would really help me out to get ahead, I was letting those slip through the cracks and I was just shutting myself off. And those were just piling up, piling up, piling up. And of course, that is just a recipe for a disaster because within a couple of days, Those additional tasks that you know could have gotten you ahead have now piled up so high that you're even more overwhelmed. And it's just vicious cycles, right, of this. Um, It says that there's there's types of environmental factors that can affect this. Some of them are significant early adversity and trauma. 
chaotic or unpredictable environments, high sugar foods or drugs, and poverty. Ways that we demonstrate um, challenges uh, are in the following areas. Tolerating frustration, task completion, forgetfulness, difficulty regulating your emotions, and the big one, poor self-motivation. So it is real, and that one is a big one for me. Once I get into this overwhelming state, I have terrible self-motivation because, again, like I mentioned in the very beginning of this podcast, it has taken me a million years to actually jump and do. I'm a perfectionist at heart. And some of that may be because of all of the social stigmas of that word lazy being imposed and constantly brought up, or part of it is my own shit that I have to deal with, right? And I am like, I can't half-ass it, so then if I can't do it all the way, I won't do it at all. And so there, again, is that vicious cycle of just do enough so that I can survive and my kids can survive and I'm not getting in trouble at work, but is my passion really there? Am I really giving my all or am I just shutting down slowly until the system is completely broken and then I'm going to completely shut off? I've had moments where when my kids go to their dad, um, you know, on the weekends, I have completely shut down. You know, those are the things that I mentioned earlier. I have not done anything in, in a single day. And for some people hearing that, it might sound so wild, right? Like they could never, right? Their life has got too much going on or they could never even see themselves there. But it's real. And luckily, I know from other communities and therapy and things like that, I'm not the only one that has gone through this. So I want you to know, if you haven't heard this before, you're not alone. It is a thing. It is a symptom. And the thing that's the most important to understand is you can get out of it. You can break a cycle. You can change these symptoms. You can do small things that work for you that can help you slowly but surely get out of this cycle. And I'm just going to share some things that have worked for me. One thing that really stuck out to me uh, is the podcast 10% Happier. If you haven't listened to it, it's pretty good. And there was a guest on there, Ingrid Fatel Lee, and she said a quote that really resonated me with me when I was trying to figure this out and work on it. And that was, joy is actually a signal of thriving. It is not a frivolous extra. I don't know about you, but that blew my mind because just like the title of this episode, what that really meant was you don't have to earn joy. A lot of times I think we're told or it's ingrained in our system that we have to be completely happy and fulfilled first in order to feel joy, in order to accept joy, in order to have pieces of joy in our life. And I know for me, if I was in my low points or I wasn't feeling like I was fulfilling what I needed to be doing for that day, week, month, whatever, nothing felt like I was it was good enough or that I deserved it, right? Like I didn't deserve to go treat myself to something because what have I been doing lately? You know, you're, you've not achieved anything, Emma. You're at your lowest point. Why do you think you deserve to have that? Or, you know, what makes you think you should be able to go out and be with your friends and enjoy a day off and do all of those things 
And even when I did do those things, it didn't feel fulfilling. I didn't allow myself to embrace that joy. And I want you to know that all of us have earned joy. Well, actually, actually, none of you have to earn joy is the point. Like, it should be there regardless. And one of the small little things that I started to do to get myself out of these cycles is on the days where I could only brush my teeth, like I mentioned, I would look at that as a true achievement. It wouldn't be like, oh, you brush your teeth. You, ha- hallelujah. You deserve a medal. Like sarcastically at first, that's how I felt about it. And then it started to become like, you brush your teeth today. That is a big deal. And you deserve to understand that that is a check mark for you. And you did something positive towards today. And tomorrow we'll work on one more thing. Maybe it's changing your shirt. Maybe it's washing your hair. Maybe it's taking a shower. Maybe it's leaving the house. Whatever that second step is, we're one step closer to that. And you deserve to sit there and embrace that and have that achievement. And the other part is sparking little pieces of joy. And I know it's like Marie Kondo, right? Happiness and joy are two very different things. And like Marie Kondo says, like, does this spark joy? And it would be like an item of clothing, right? And so what we don't realize is that joy is everywhere. It's all around us. It's the little things. Happiness is this overarching feeling and it's this overarching fulfillment. Joy are these little tiny things throughout our day that we need to allow ourselves to accept even when we're in the moments where we feel like we haven't earned them. And so maybe that's drinking out of your favorite coffee mug. I have this coffee mug that I love that says manifest that shit on it, right? And I always drink out of that coffee mug on the days that I feel like really motivated and I'm working on myself and I feel like things are in line and they're in motion. And then the days where I don't feel so great about myself, I will look at that mug and be like, I don't deserve to drink out of you today, (laughs) right? But I do deserve it. I should be, those are the days I should be drinking out of that mug because those are the days I need it the most. I need the motivation the most. So when it's something that you really love and for everyone, it's going to be different. Maybe it's a favorite outfit and you have to leave the house today. Instead of leaving in your yoga pants, put on your favorite outfit. You don't have to save that shit for a day out with the girls or when everybody's going to see you in it. Wear it right now. You deserve to wear it right now and it's going to make you feel good. Wearing the stuff that doesn't make you feel good is going to keep you in the same mood. So start to incorporate those little sparks of joy and allowing yourself to have them even when you're feeling down. Please do that for yourself. Right now, and this is my little astrological moment that everyone knows I talk about, Venus is retrograde in Leo. And I think we need to take a little piece out of our lovely Leos that we have in our lives. Leos are so open-hearted. They give and receive love so openly. And I think that right now with Venus being retrograde in Leo, we need to take this time to really love ourselves, to realize what we need from our relationships. And that's all kinds of relationships. What, What are we asking of people? What are we not asking that we should be asking for? And most importantly, what are we asking of ourselves and what are we giving ourselves? Are we allowing ourselves to feel joy? Are we allowing ourselves those moments of appreciation and feeling proud of ourselves? Because those little moments are what's going to get you out of this cycle. And it's really what's helped me. And I hope it can start to help you. I really look forward to more conversations like this. 
this is the end of episode three. Please make sure that you leave a comment if this resonates with you. If you can't leave a comment, leave it on my social media under the episode. Share it. Tell your friends about it. If you know someone who might need to hear this because they might be going through something, let your friends know. Build our community of women and our support system. And most importantly, don't forget to love yourself.